Kiki Mama Ma, welcome back to the Cult Film Showdown and our tour through the 2005 to 2007 anthology series Masters of Horror. Uh, we are on episode eight of season two in the home stretch now. Uh, and uh, I am joined, as always, with my co host, Nick Boxer. Greetings. I, I can't believe we're doing this again. I forgot how to introduce myself. <laughs> I I think your usual introduction, self introduction, is just uh, where am I again? What? Are... <laughs> All right. I've spent a good majority of my time lost. So. <laughs> Speaking of lost, Jack Hall is here and drunk. Because because <laughs> it's oh, it's I've, it's I've after left five my window open. I've left my window open so if a bunch of always starts happening and i it's, it's uh whether or not the decision is does the noise stay on the podcast and is this that unprofessional or does he get up and get, close the window the noise will probably stay on the podcast and you're, if you're like that's unprofessional i'm like well you've listened this far right like <laughs> no, i don't know what else you're expecting at this point it's weird i always just assumed you lived in a basement a windowless basement no, that was that was uh, uh, 1998 to two, <laughs> 2003. <laughs> I've heard the uh, the engines going by your place on these recordings, and I, I think you're inside a, uh, a motorcycle is what it sounds like to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm nowhere near a road. That's the hilarious part. That just tells you how loud people love to have their engines going to be. They're like just like murr, murr. and I'm like, how small is your dick anyways? <laughs> All right. Because based yeah. on that, I could have the biggest car in the world. <laughs> anyway. Indeed, you should be offsetting with uh perhaps a Hummer. Speaking of Hummers. <laughs> On the stairs. <laughs> Nick Boxer, tell us there what happened. Here, here. Um, oh, Valerie on the stairs. Okay, if you saw the first season episode of uh, Dreams in the Witch House, yeah, basically saw this one. Um, no, the, except this one has Christopher Lloyd going freaking nuts and is awesome in this. Although he might have been in Dreams of the Witch House as well, now that I think about it. Um, no, um, a writer uh, a writer gets into a writer's retreat, a living space that, uh, that houses aspiring writers. And as soon as you're published, you get kicked out. Uh, unfortunately, the place is kind of haunted. And he starts seeing naked women on the stairs. And then, secondarily, a devil, and he has to sort of figure out the mystery behind the haunting. It's a fun, scary little romp. Christopher Lloyd. Somebody really want to tell that. us the masters in this? I'll tell you the masters. I mean, uh, Mastered up. Mick Garris, of course, the creator of Masters of Horror. He wrote uh, the teleplay and uh, and directed it, and of course, you know mostly known for having worked on uh, 
outside of being the creator of, of Masters of Horror, for having worked on about 413 different projects of Stephen King's. Uh, so one third of Stephen King's projects, uh, I believe he has been a, uh, on then. And, uh, you know, some guy named Clive Barker. And if, if I have to explain to you who Clive Barker is, the second probably most famous <laughs> novelist, horror novelist of his generation, uh, if I have to explain that to you, what the hell are you doing listening to this in the first place? So <laughs> Clive Barker is the other one. And we have a legend, a, a horror legend in the cast. And I'm not talking about Christopher Lloyd, though he's awesome. Uh, I am talking, of course, about Tony Todd, who plays the devil or the the creature, the beast, I guess they call him in the in the in the uh, episode. And uh, I love me some Tony Todd from uh, Candyman and and, uh, you know, the remake of Night of the Living Dead and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, I might have loved him the most, actually, when he was in, uh, in Star Trek DS, or it was a you know Star Trek uh, uh, gener Next Generation. He played a, a recurring role for a long time, man, as as one of the Klingons. It was damn good. Oh, nice. Or was it DS9? I don't remember. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> it was DS9. No, was it, or was it Next Generation? Anyways, the point being, I love me some Tony Todd. Yeah, you have no, to wait. no mention of the composer on this. Who is our composer? Charles uh, Band, another master of horror. Charles Band. Oh yes, absolutely, Charles Band. Uh, the uh, um, what is it? The uh, Full Moon I, Studio. I he, yeah, I didn't realize that he did the music on this or music at all. Uh, it is actually Richard Band, who I believe is his son. Oh, I'm sorry. I believe that's his son, though, who looks almost identical to Charles Band. <laughs> okay. I opened up his picture here. I'm like, I, it, that is Charles Band, though, isn't it? <laughs> Some resemblance there. Uh, but yes, I'm very, yeah, I'm very accomplished in the in the Full Moon catalog there. Um, and uh, uh, and we've got uh, uh, Claire Grant, who's a uh, uh, not a huge amount of horror, but she is uh, very um, prolific in the, in, especially in voice acting, um, in uh, a lot of superhero cartoons and such. Um, so definitely genre performer. Yeah. Hear the, hear the. Did you hear that that uh, that motor? No, you know, you know now 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 you you saying that you hear something is more distracting to the podcast than actually hearing it. <laughs> Man, I'm hoping we got a really good one on here now. All right, let's let's talk to let's talk about uh, Valerie on the stairs. Now, I'm, now, Jack, you uh, um, you you had mentioned before uh, before we started recording recording uh, some 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 points of the uh, of the episode that you wanted to get to. Wow, <laughs> I mean, I believe it was. Um, mentioned in the uh, in the recap by Nick, there uh, there was a nude actress on the stairs. That was like a third of the of the episode. Like <laughs> <laughs> just nude for no reason. That actress has gone on to become kind of a uh, um, 
cult favorite for like a geek, like yeah. a geek icon kind of. Um, and, is, and pardon me. Uh, she's also married to uh, Seth Green, which is why she's uh, involved in so many of those, uh, so much of that community. So much of that geek community. Mm-hmm. She's a, uh, you know, um, was a lovely young woman, and I'm sure she still is. Uh, <laughs> tremendous. Just a, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to decide, like. You know, sometimes we have nudity in these episodes just for the sake of nudity. This one, I'm trying to decide if she needed to be nude, if it meant anything, if it was like part of like, like did it, did it do anything for the story? And uh, I'm really not sure. <laughs> it really didn't, but she was a good actress. I mean, she, I, I could when when she did little. Uh, little emotion flips between preferring the devil or our protagonist i actually sort of believed her actually everyone this was that was a great actor i spent a lot of the this episode you know christopher lloyd can really act he doesn't get enough credit well christopher lloyd's awesome no matter what he does the thing about this is i'm it was a fairly slowly paced episode and sometimes that doesn't work and this is an example of where i think that did work whereas it helped to build towards the ending the ending i it's one of those episodes where hopefully again people have already watched this before they listen to the show don't want to give away too much one of the endings i i i found it fascinating like i thought it was a like the thing is this episode was at the time it came out extremely poorly reviewed (laughs) really It, it was and and i think people are were I don't know what they were expecting. To me, this was not necessarily scary, but intriguing. It's an intriguing concept that basically these people, uh, at first you think that this place is haunted, and then you discover there's a demon, and you think that's responsible, and then you kind of discover the house itself is uh, responding to the writers uh, in this writer's retreat, and events that are happening and the characters and such may be fictional characters that are created by a writer or multiple writers in there and so to me this is feels like a story by clive barker because it is to me this is a story by uh, a novelist for novelists for writers you know Mm. i can understand why it was poorly reviewed though because Reviewers tend to hate it was all a dream type sequences, and this is sort of a variation thereof. Yeah, it is. It is. It's again. It's um. It's one of those episodes where I I think you actually will get more out of it in some way knowing the twist. You know, like like at the end, if if it it could be satisfying to you, or it could be completely unsatisfying. You can go, okay, the whole thing was a waste, or you can say, okay, the whole thing. Now, if I look back and review the actions of the characters and the the way, because a few characters behave in ways that you think is inconsistent, but to how they should act, but it makes sense to me at the end. Yeah, that's always the. I think the actually kind of shitty special effects 
added added something rather I love the special effects at the end. The final special effect. I thought that was fantastic. I thought, was I thought it really looked cool. cool, but it didn't look real. Uh, perhaps not real. No, no. The demon looked but good. But that added into the ending. So. Yeah, it's, I, think that, I think that you're right, Jack, that, that in some ways, knowing that it's, that nothing you're watching is literal might, like, even that is enough to, um, to kind of question more things as you go. Because it, you do pay attention to it like a ghost story, which has very different rules than, um, than a demon story or, uh, like, who's real? Am I even real? Kind of story. So, um, I think yeah, you would see different things each time you watch this. Like you'd be watching how the magic trick is done uh, to get to that ending. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't, and I don't know that a, a the ghost story feel that happens early on is actually like the le the least compelling out of where they go with this. Um, like to me, they almost could have, like they could have spent more time on that on like you know what is real kind of part eh, part of this. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I like the the it does have good payoff for each of those different things <laughs> if you stick with it would this have been more or less effective if that when they introduced the demon the demon wasn't so clive barker-esque <laughs> he, he does he does look like uh as a leftover suit from nightbreed that's for sure yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah. that kind of distracting because he he doesn't behave as a clive barker villain really but he looks like one I found that part of his charm, personally. <laughs> I, I I mean, it, was, it was a great costume. It just, I, I don't know. I'm for for this. I sort of wanted a more traditional devil character. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, again, I think the episode is is. I can see why it's decisive. You know, divisive. I mean. Uh, um, I can see why, but I mean, I I think that the acting was generally pretty strong. The concept is intriguing. The effects were surprisingly effective. The pacing worked for me. I, I, I'm not saying it's my favorite episode. Um, I think it probably can take the the record for being easily the most profane episode <laughs> <laughs> without any anybody even in close to to the level of prof every other word um <laughs> in the thing but i mean for me yeah i mean I, I i recommend the episode because i i like i say i really hope you've watched it before this because i, I feel like we've already given away too much while we're trying not to give away too much <laughs> just just to, you know just to uh, explore the episode kind of gives away the the dreamlike feel that leaves you intrigued or not intrigued depending on how you're enjoying the episode right so mm. i i don't know i i'm uh I, I don't know if you guys would recommend it or not. 
but for me, I, I'd say uh, it's in my top half of episodes for, mm. uh, for the series. Actually, we, we don't give Nick Garris a lot of uh, as much credit as we really should. This episode was actually very well directed. The use of stairs for this entire thing was really interesting, although didn't really tie into the overall story arc. But there, every scene seems to have stairs in it. Yeah, there's and only like three locations in this. <laughs> Yeah, like it's. I mean, I think that. Uh, uh, I mean, the use of Christopher Lloyd and Tony Todd is is expert. I mean, those they're they're not gigantic parts, but um, so I mean, you have that. You can kind of play to the audience's expectation of who that guy is, and it kind of shortcuts you that, um, like Tony Todd just is a bad guy. Like as soon as you hear his voice. Uh, it's it's a bit odd when you see him playing like a, you know, a, like a military general or something because it doesn't quite work for your head with <laughs> the experience of him. <laughs> just his look, his look at his voice and everything's just <clears throat> so it's so in the mind for all of the like sci-fi and horror movies he's done over the years. Um, and Christopher Lloyd uh, can just like Christopher Lloyd needs no time to get up to speed when you see him on screen. Like, well, one just... of the things about the character, like Christopher Lloyd's character, and, and like there was a point where Christopher Lloyd's character starts to you kind of start to see how kind of crazy he is, and I'm sitting there going, like I'm like, oh man, everybody in this house is such an asshole, and then the, that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> for what's going on. Like, usually, usually, you know, I mean, and whether or not, I, I, I guess I found the protagonist likable enough. And, and that, to me, is probably the secret to this. Is the, the one guy who needed to be likable enough was. Yeah. And whereas everybody else, you're like, why are they all so horrible? But, I mean, if they're all contributing to this horror story, it makes sense mm-hmm. that they're horrible people. I don't know. Christopher Lloyd really going for it really surprised me because, I mean, this this is a bullshit, like, Vancouver low-budget low horror type thing. Christopher Lloyd just had to show up to get a paycheck. And <laughs> you know what? He's going for it. He's having some fun with this. I don't think that he ever gave has given anything. I mean, if he... He gave uh, Suburban Commando. He gave his best performance. He <laughs> like the guy always, always comes through. Awesome. He does, uh, but yeah, he just he he gets there. Like I think it's that speed for me of just he gets there so fast. Like he just like he he is his own um, ambiance. <laughs> he just sets the mood very quickly um, with, uh, with how he holds himself, how he delivers. Uh, so uh, what else we got to say about this uh, this little gem? I think I would recommend it to someone that I, if they were a Barker fan, like, or kind of of that ilk, but I mean, if Clive Barker fans and Stephen King fans are different. Um, and uh, like, I think... 
I think you have to dial this one in a bit more than you use some of the others. I think that's an interesting point that Clive Barker fans and Stephen King fans are different because here we have Mick Garris directing this and doing mm-hmm. the teleplay, who's done numerous Stephen King projects doing a Clive Barker project. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, that didn't occur to me until you said this. You know, because they are very different fans because they're very different writers. Mm-hmm. And and you're right that I mean it does feel it does feel like a Clive Barker, um, like this this fits comfortably with you know night and uh, Nightbreed and those kinds of things. Um, almost with train uh, training wheels, it's slower. Mm. Yeah, like I say, the, the the pacing worked for me. I mean, often the shows are. We've come across numerous episodes where I thought the pacing was too slow. But in this one, somehow, again, it depends on whether or not you're getting drawn into what the hell is going on in this story. You know, because you don't know for most of it. Unless you listen to this episode first, where I'm like, sorry, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, if if you're getting drawn into the story as as it's unfolding in front of you, the slow pace is okay. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like it goes round and round either. Like, sometimes you you make some circles before you get to the destination, and it doesn't feel like that. It there's enough there's enough kind of misdirection of like because the you're as lost as the main character is. Like you, there is no you're not given any more information than he gets. Um, so you are also trying to to um, unwrap this riddle as you go, uh, as, as you watch it. Um, like it keeps it feeling like the right pace for the story. And the ending to me was, like I say, the right ending, both for the protagonist, but also for every other character and what happens to them. You know, it it it, it made a lot of sense to me to again, without trying to give away too much, to see everybody get their com- comeuppance, yeah. you know, and get what they want. And then what happens to the actual um, lead character is like, oh, that's a shame, but it makes sense. Mm. Definitely a fun one. And good nudity. And that's right. Uh, we, we had, we had uh, set a gentleman's wager uh, that's probably not the right term, given what we're talking about. Uh, at the <laughs> at the end of the previous episode, um, that because uh, we have six left, and uh, we were predicting uh, how many episodes out of that six would have nudity. Um, I believe I had three, and so I'm already uh, the, I'm already down the hole. Yeah, the two of you had said three. I had said four, um, and uh, so we're now we're at one and six. Here's the thing. I, I always went to Clive Barker. I always look at it and go, well, I mean, he's he's a, a gay man, so he won't write female nudity for me. So I'll be disappointed in that one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he, he always does. He always delivers the female nudity. And I go, <laughs> I go, I wonder why that is. And then I realize it's because he's a very smart man uh, <laughs> and he understands perverts like me are who is watching his product. Yeah, I think if a lot of your material um, appeals to the fetish community, uh, then uh, 
you gotta, yeah, you gotta uh, give give the people what they want. Let's <laughs> just sort of glad there was very little piercing in this one. There weren't small children in danger, so it doesn't feel like a king story. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's put a bow on this one. Uh, that was Valerie on the stairs. Uh, available wherever you get your Masters of Horror. Uh, and uh, we are the Cult Film Showdown. We are on all your favorite and least favorite podcast apps as well. We have a YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, we are also on Patreon at Cult Film Showdown, where you can support our ongoing efforts to do whatever this thing is we're doing. Uh, and we are sponsored by wetalkpodcast.com, the home of the Octagon, where we keep track of our search for the ultimate B-movie. Um, and we've got about 150 movies that we've reviewed uh, for, uh, for that effort. And uh, also they have a Facebook and they have a Twitter and Call Film Showdown has an Instagram. I think that catches everything. I think I've finally gotten there. Uh, and next up, we'll, next episode, we'll be doing season two, episode nine, Right to Die. And uh, until then, um, watch out for girls on the stairs. Especially if they're naked. Definitely pay attention if you find a naked girl on the stairs. She may not be all she seems. Yeah. Or yeah, she, that, that, I, that was a completely necessary thing to say. <laughs> Look, but don't touch is what he's saying. Look, but don't touch. How many times have you gotten into your apartment and you're like, geez, did I just pass a naked woman on the stairs? Yeah, you have to I go was, back and check, right? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I was I was looking at my phone the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>